So we're calling this episode Where's the One? We actually need to have like a save it for the pod song. I mean, I kind of think we should call this episode Where's the Beat? Kind of like Where's the Beef? Like Where's the Beat and then in parentheses Where's the One or Where Do You Feel the Pulse? There's I, it, That's the thing. Gunner thinks there, he's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because my most of my picks are songs that I heard one way, and then at some point I realized I've been hearing this wrong, and then hear it a different way. Because there's the whole like a song starts one way, and you have a pulse, and then the drums come in. You're like, oh, that's a cute little thing that the <laughs> that the they did on purpose. But yeah. there's some songs that can work in these two different dimensions. Which, yes, so that is the big distinction between my five choices and your five choices, yeah. because you are doing the more uh, hipster way of doing it, which is how you described mine, are just five songs that the first time I heard them, and still sometimes when I hear them, I hear them differently until the drums come in. So yeah. I have the more layman version of this. Yours is cooler. But um, before we get into this, I do want you to discuss, <laughs> I guess this does kind of tie in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope you've had enough whiskey, but... Uh, yeah. What the hell is your beef with everyone doing the damn cover of Everybody Wants to Rule the World? Uh, it's not a beef. It's more of like a, it's a bit of a, um, so we're, if you haven't seen this, and I'm surprised if you haven't seen this, I think, well, you interviewed the guy who started it. I, I don't remember his name. I know his, his Eric, Eric Downs. Yeah, yeah. I know his Insta handles like, Insta handles like L Downs. Yeah. Um, and I, my guess of the lineage of all this is, from from my, I'm on Instagram a lot. I feel like I see most of the Instagram stuff, Instagram drum stuff. And I remember Aaron Sterling, who I'm a big fan of, and I'm sure most of the listeners listen to. He started taking kind of famous songs and displacing them by a beat. You're right. In yes, different directions, like ACDC and like a Pearl Jam song. And it was this very funny, like, it was kind of this like, what if the what if the song actually sounded like this and he would just displace the whole thing and I highly recommend you look up those videos because Aaron's a great drummer and really funny. I I, I I have no idea if Eric's video was a response to that or just a cool thing, but and this I, I feel like he posted this a couple years ago or maybe at least a year ago. Yeah, it's been about a year. It was like March of last year. And I remember it got passed around passed around by friends of mutual friends and he it was the song Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. And he displaced it. I don't know. I honestly, I've never actually really thought too much about what goes into it, but he he modulated it in a way where instead of the kind of like the way she moved, you know, that there's that Michael Jackson song. Um, yeah. It's like that kind of 12-8 shuffle thing. And he kind of added, he instead of doing the beat that we all know to the song, he's doing a... Like, he's doing more yeah, of I a... Think, I think he made the 16th note triplets into just 16th notes. Yes. He went divisions of three into divisions of four, essentially. Yeah. yeah, and it's the kind of thing where you hear it, you're like, whoa, that's different, that's cool. And for some reason, it, it kind of came back again recently. And, and before I knew it, it seemed like every drummer in my feed was doing it. And it, it started, his thing was, I thought was cool because it was like, hey, this is a fun, different way to hear it. And then it turned into this quote unquote challenge. It kind of, I feel like it followed the same evolution of Instagram in general, where people were maybe posting a cool beat they were working on or like a, a clip from a show they played. And it, 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 turned, it started turning into this challenge where 
everyone was now trying to do the new version of the beat, which is a little more of like a straight hip hop sounding thing, and then just blazing these chops over it. And so it went from, oh, this is a cool brain twister, tongue twister modulation exercise to I'm going to do I'm going to do the thing. And, and it started honestly feeling like the majority of the people that were doing the challenge weren't maybe even familiar with the original song because I don't know. I'm just, I'm a huge tears for fears fan. I, that those first, you know, the records that came out in the eighties are like very big records in my life. So there is a part of me that kind of feels a little get off my lawn with it. And (laughs) I've definitely played that song at a ton of weddings and parties and, and gone out of my way to play the real beat because the real beat that's on that song. And I'm pretty sure it's Lynn drum programming, the real beat is this very, um, it's a it's a six eight or twelve eight kind of beat, but the way the hi hat is accenting, it's the it's kind of hitting every other hi every other note of the twelve eight. I'm not gonna sing it well enough or like explain. Like I I'm not a professional teacher, but um, my my beef with it recently is the actual beat is so much cooler than this simplified people are just putting a a really simple beat over it and what makes it sound kind of cool is that it's going against the grain of the actual beat and um i don't know sometimes i'll be honest ben sometimes i i have you know we're in very trying times and i'll have two to five whiskeys a night and i'm on my phone and i and i just get a little cranky so you know it's it's all good aaron spears posted one today and it was yeah. Amazing. <laughs> he was literally doing the thing that I'm kind of annoyed with, but he's so good that when he does it, it, it sounds more musical. And I think that was my issue with it. It's such a musical song, and um, and what and you know it's not that big a deal. But I I have had fun being the kind of Grinch this week and being like that's stupid. <clears throat> I know. I, I I do think you like playing that role sometimes, and I appreciate it from the comedic standpoint. So thank you, thank thank you, you. for being that curmudgeon. Um, do you want to go first? I do. I want to play a game. Um, yes. So, you know, we had this idea, to, you know, there, there's a song we will eventually talk about, one of my picks, that kind of led to the idea of this general conversation of where's the one, where do you feel the one, is it okay to feel the one in a different place than maybe the musician intended? Um and over the summer I, I recorded a drum beat that I thought was really cool and I was gonna make some music around. And very often I'll record something and I just kind of forget about it. <laughs> and I found it on my hard drive a week ago, and you and I were planning on talking about this kind of concept. And I just randomly opened up this beat that I recorded a few months ago and I realized I'm listening to it. Oh, this is cool. I don't really remember recording this. And then something happened and I realized, oh, I'm hearing, I'm hearing this beat completely flipped than the way I intended it three months ago. And what I thought would be fun to kind of start this out with is I made two versions of the beat with a count in and I want to play you both. And, I, and yeah. I'm, I'm curious which... It's not so much which, maybe it's a which do you like better, but I'm curious which will you think was the intended beat. And that's going to be kind of the, the, the um, thing that ties in a lot of my picks today. Like what was, what, how are different ways you can hear it, but what's the, what was the artist's intent? Um, okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to say the label was uh, 
You wrote it, hard beat A with count. So this is this is the first one. So we're going to call that option A. <laughs> option A. O- option B now. I do think that Hardbeat A sounds cooler, but I have a feeling that since the bass drum it sung, sounds like the bass drum comes in the downbeat halfway through on Hardbeat B, that that was the intention. Yeah. But now in my head, I hear it more as A, the da, 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 yeah. da, 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 like shots, 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 yeah. shots, shots. <laughs> and yeah. that's, and you're right. And um, okay. the answer is, I, I put an option three because you actually hear me count it. If you want to listen to that for a second and we can. Yeah, yeah. Let's just drop that in. But even even that way, so you don't come in on the downbeat. You come yeah. in on, on the and a four. Yeah, so the big difference is in... I so option B is the way I I was hearing it when I recorded it and the snare is yeah. on the 2 and 4 and the kick when it comes in is on the 1 and the 1e and uh and when it's flipped to your brain um the toms end up playing that reggaeton oomp oomt 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 and the snare is on the and of 2 and a 4 oomp and even now that I know what it is, every time I start, even with the count in, my ears go back to the reggaeton thing until the fuller beat comes in. And um, I, I, I just love that even though I know what it's supposed to be, I, it keeps tricking my brain. And obviously, and, and you know, I, that's why I added like shaker and stuff because I was like, well, maybe this will help. And obviously if there was music there, <laughs> it would be a different, different story. But... Um, my number one, and again, my choices are more songs that when anyone listens to the first time, it's you just don't know where the one is, and this is a prime example. And I actually, this was mentioned as an honorable mention by Randy Cook. He was on a few weeks ago, and it's 777-9311. Oh, yeah. And the drummer for this track is actually technically David Garibaldi, because it was a Lindrum, yeah. and when they when they released him, there was a bunch of pre-programmed beats from famous drummers at the time, and David Garibaldi was the one they used for this one, and it's actually two separate beats, um, and and yeah, it's by a band called The Time from the album What Time Is It, 
and lead singer's Morris Day. There's a lot of drama and history between him and Prince, so if you want to look into that, that's always fun. But I'm trying to think if I should say it beforehand. I will. So the bass drum starts off the song, but the bass drum does not start on the downbeat of one. It starts on the and of two. So the first three bass drum hits you hear, it's one, two, da, da, da. So the first one's on the and of two, and the second, or I guess the second and the third bass drum beats are on the three and the E of three. So it's um, da, 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 da. And the song, the other <laughs> bass drum beat, I'm not explaining this well, but the <laughs> other one starts on the, the E of one. So yeah, the song starts on the and of two, but it's one, two, da, 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 da. And then the guitar comes in, and, and then the guitar actually comes in on the E of one with the bass drum. So until the backbeat comes in at like th second thirty, you have no idea what the hell's going on. But uh, well, luckily now that you explained that, to everybody because can... now we definitely know what's going on. You, you well, like, there's no guarantee... doubt. We are so prepared from that explanation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you want to get lessons from me, it's Ben Hilton. Um, here we go. downbeats here. So the first time I heard that song, I thought the, uh, uh, the hi-hats were on the upbeat. They're not. And, and yeah, that's a crazy song. And just as Randy said, that's kind of one of those songs that if you're a funk drummer, people are like, oh, you play funk? Let's see if you can play 777-9311. And if you can't, you're fired. <sighs> So you, there you go. That's my number one. Um, I've heard, you know, there's, I've, I've, I've heard drummers play that beat, like on Instagram. Like people try to play it, and so I'm, I know it's a crazy beat, but yeah, that just, I totally couldn't find the pulse on that. All right, well, we're two for two of killing it. I think we're, I, I think we deserve a pat on the back. Proud of the great we're doing. Um, I, I wanted to bring up a song a song by the band Primus. I was a huge Primus fan. I, I want to say the ages of probably around 15 to 17. Uh, their drummer, Tim Alexander, Tim Herb, the ginseng drummer, Alexander, um, was a very big, uh, very big on the building blocks of, of my drumming interest and uh, education. Um, and... The song is called The Pressman, or The Press Man. It's on their album um, Pork Soda, which, great album, great name. And honestly, one of my favorite sounding records. Uh, I think the story that I'm going to get wrong, because I haven't really ever looked it up, but was told about it like 20 years ago, so why not talk about it on a podcast? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they supposedly recorded it in a warehouse, but each one of them was like, like no in nowhere near each other. Honestly, like social distancing. They were just in like completely different parts of this huge warehouse, and were able to get these crazy huge sounds. And um, this song is called "The Pressman," and it was one of those songs where I, 
I didn't know I was hearing the pulse wrong until I wouldn't say years later, but it, it was the kind of thing where one day I, I had it on and I wasn't really paying attention. And this happens all the time on the radio where sometimes you don't know a song that well and you think you know where the beat is and then you stop paying attention and you realize, oh, I was hearing kind of like that beat we just heard. Like, oh, I was hearing the beat on the and of two and it's actually on the two. And um, so similarly to the last song, I want I want you to play just kind of a version of it. And then I, I added some count-ins so you could hear how I was hearing it and then added count-ins to hear how I'm 99% sure the band intended you to hear it. Okay, I'll play those right now. So you're going to play the things I made? Yes. Okay. So the first one will be where I heard it. Okay. So that'll be option A. Okay. So the kick drum is playing, but it's playing on <laughs> the and. But keep in mind, I was like 14, 15 years old. I didn't know that maybe that's something you do. <laughs> no, I'm just laughing at James Brown. One, two. Like before this huge breakdown of a... <laughs> yeah, just for the record, James Brown does not say one, two, three, four on the actual recording of Primus's The Pressman. <laughs> All right, so now we'll do option B. Oh, it's real quick. I think option B is definitely the way the band probably intended it. And what I was going to say real quickly is I was younger when I heard this song. When that second verse comes in, the way we just heard it is the way I thought it was. So I just assumed the kick was playing on the like and. And that's something that could happen. Sure. But I think one day I was walking around the house, a song was on, and I and I, I heard it the way we're about to hear it, and the kick is playing on the one in that second verse, and you're like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Um, so let's hear the version that I think the band actually intended it. Yes. And goes my
I just, the drums are so cool in this. It's like this weird Stuart Copeland meets, I don't know, like the, he's got these octobonds and it's really cool. But then those little symbols right there are kind of in this weird beat that you're like, oh. Um, for the record, I think I was right on where I heard it for the first time. You were. For the record, you were. So you're saying, I don't know how old you've been. I think you're like probably like in your early 20s, right? 25, I'm 26? I'm 13. Um, I was probably 14 or 15 when I got into this. So my ears, I th when you're younger, you're a bit more of a sponge and you kind of just take things as they are. And that's kind of why I want to play this song because I, I think if I heard it maybe for the first time like we are now like a little later in life i might have been able to discern that but yeah because a song starts it's like okay cool sure <laughs> you know like there was why would, <laughs> i'm on board you know um yeah Hey, y'all. I wanted to... <laughs> I can't say. I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by 5.5 snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three-position strainer, 42-strand wires. It's lovely. It's loud. And it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston, actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum, and it was it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com, just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful, and he actually let me use it on an Eve Six tour, and I didn't keep it and i regretted it ever since then just because i was trying to pinch pennies at the time and i just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye cool well, all right well i am going to move on to mine and mine is uh, basically a reason just to talk about Levon Helm. I mm. vibe-wise, physically, I'm morphing into him, and <laughs> really like in are. my style, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just happy I got to talk to him or talk to uh, you about him. I wish I got to talk to him, but so the song is "Life Is a Carnival" by the band 
and that is an actual name of a band. And I'm actually gonna just let Levon Helm talk about this because there is a little two minute uh, tutorial that I wanna show of him actually explaining this beat. So oh, cool. I'm gonna explain it and then I'm gonna play it for you guys. Okay. You know, we've, uh, over, the, over the years, we've played uh, in a regular, what you would ordinarily hear. We've also tried to go against the grain when it was possible. Sometimes by not playing the obvious, you can try something that's a little different like we did with life as a carnival. Usually the, the main key word will be on your downbeat, on your bass drum, which is the one. Your answer word will fall on the backbeat. Two, one, two, three, like that on car i'm gonna pause him for a second if people don't know levon was also a dr uh, a singer in the band he is an amazing singer so that's why a lot of what his uh dissections of song talk about the vocals a lot and also that snare sounds freaking awesome <laughs> we turned it around backwards and had the had it fall like the one. One, two. Regular would be one, two, three, four, two, three, the irregular is two, three, four. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, all right. So such a simple concept, but I, I get so turned on by this. So now knowing what he said, it's boo boo go go tat floor tom. Um, now listen to the actual song, and the song is even more of a mindfuck because it starts on four. So uh, the first note you hear is actually four, one, two, and it's, it's, it's weird. noticeable when they go to that kind of B section where the one is exactly like I'm watching the chorus, you, he just I'm watching totally. you count and that's how I know where the beat is in this section though it's on a two and the four right or is yeah it he, he totally switches to more of okay. a 
Um, yeah, Levon Helm, the band. Uh, if you also, guys don't know, this, he just this... explained what we've been trying to talk about for about an hour, so <laughs> succinctly and perfectly, and and drawly and just perfectly in ten to thirty seconds or however long that clip was. <laughs> he just, yeah, and we're like, so sometimes I hear the one. He, oh man. <laughs> no, that's what I love about Levon too. Is he just talks really slow, like this and i just i could his interviews are so interesting because he's such a thoughtful not slow thinking in the negative way but he's just like everything's so thought out and it's awesome so yeah the well band, it makes sense his feel is so it's there's no rush right he's just yeah. he's that he's that quintessential behind the beat just he gets there when he gets there and it's just so consistent it's perfect so it makes sense when you hear him talk you just want to like just want to curl, <laughs> curl up and just. <laughs> I agree. Incidentally, the first time I ever saw Primus live, who we were just listening to, was at Woodstock '94. My mom brought me to Woodstock '94. I was about. You went to Woodstock '94. Yep. The 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 first reunion. They they did one a few years later, and that was the one with all the pillaging and fires yeah. and bad, really bad stuff. Uh, the year I went was the first kind of. Um, reunion concert and it was the whole uh it was in state they moved it to Saugerties, new york and the whole it rained for three days so the entire place was mud Mm -hmm. and um it was my first big concert in terms of like seeing bands from the radio and mtv and i saw four or five bands that kind of were my favorite bands turned into my favorite bands but i saw primus for the first time Saw Green Day for the first time. Green Day played a very uh, memorable performance at that where it had been raining all day. And and they uh, basically egged on the crowd to throw the mud at them. It's a famous performance. Yeah. yeah I know exactly um, what you're talking about. And so, I, so right before that, I know I was saying Primus. So I saw Primus, Green Day, Metallica for the first time, like band, Nine Inch Nails, like bands that changed my life like in person and um but real quick to go back to the the green day (laughs) before green day played um i just it was like the summer that green day kind of was starting to get big and i wanted to go see them and so i'm waiting at the stage that they're playing and before them was the band a version of the band played woodstock and bruce hornsby was playing with them and singing a lot of stuff and playing songs with them and I didn't know who they were. And to be honest, the crowd was not, the crowd wanted Green Day. And yeah. was to the point where they were almost, in my recollection, kind of booing the band <laughs> off stage. And I didn't know the band. And in my mind, I was just like, these older guys are on stage and we all want Green Day. And uh, <laughs> so that's my, my story is that I saw the band and Green Day and Primus play like pretty much like back to back at Woodstock, and um, it's, I mean, it's I kind of the fitting that we're talking to <laughs> take the blame on that one. What the hell, dude? Yeah, um, yeah. All right, so that's my number two. What's your number three? My number three or the three and is um, get it. Uh, <laughs> you're so no, I don't. Actually, I want to talk about the song that I think initiated our idea for maybe doing this podcast. 100%, um, yeah. It's a song by the band Radiohead. I think people are going to start to assume Radiohead is the only band I listen to. 
because we've had like full episodes about you know their drummer and i feel like it just i've been on the show maybe three or four times now as a fake co-host and i feel like it's pretty much all i talk about and i actually i do listen to other bands i just want to put that out on record um i don't want to disagree with you out of respect so yeah yeah uh but the song is videotaped by radiohead and this was a song that it's on the album In Rainbows, which you and I talked a lot about a couple years ago. Years ago. <laughs> um, and it was a song that was great. You know, we all know it. We like it a bunch. And my history with the song is when it came out, I really liked it. I liked the whole record. And I remember looking up on YouTube live performances of different songs on that record that I liked. And they hadn't really been... They hadn't. Come, I hadn't seen them play any of these songs live yet, and there's a there's a you know. So I know that you know, maybe we should listen to the song first before I kind of go to the next part. Sure, sure. This is the last song on In Rainbows, so by the time the song kind of comes in on the record, it's kind of a, it's a come down, right? You're kind of, you know, it's a big sigh, it's a nice release, and you're not really thinking too much of it. Cut to whenever this song came out, I think 2000, oh boy. Seven, I want to say? Yeah. Um, you know, by the way, did you hear my, my, I got an email in the middle of that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was I'll, I'll i'm curious if it's in key anyways go ahead are we are we being sued yeah is that tom oh, yeah, exactly. did tom email you <laughs> immediately <laughs> cease and desist um so, <laughs> that'd be great it's phil he finally wants to come on the podcast <laughs> so yeah the record came out and i was on youtube and looking up they had played bonnaroo i think like the summer before the record came out so I remember going on watching some of the Bonnaroo performance and they played videotape and they're one of those bands that plays a song before it comes out. And sometimes it's fun to see that performance because, oh, how has the song changed? Um, and I want you to play some audio from the live version of videotape, which is the next one on my queue. And if we've just, you know, just listening to what we just heard, boom, two, three, just a very simple pulse feeling song and i remember hearing this live version of videotape thinking it kind of just it was one of those like wait what is happening and uh i think uh it'll start to make sense as we listen to it so play that live version
Have you heard this? I haven't heard this version of it live, no. It gets really, it gets like pretty cool. Now we're starting to hear that the pulse is actually on the one and or on the end of the beat and not the one. Basically, yeah, I'm lost. You're realizing. So the first time I heard that, I was kind of very thrown off because when you hear the version, when you hear the last, when you hear that song on the record, it, um, I mean, a it has no similar vibe to what we just heard. Um, so now, now I'm starting to think. Okay, is there a chance that? the one that feels so obvious that a kick is on, that a bass is on, is actually the and of the beat, and the phrase is starting on the four and, two, three, four, and, um, you know, you hear it. A, a few of the other songs on that record have a very kind of distinct two and four, like Body Snatchers and Weird Fishes. It feels like they were kind of in that zone for a lot of the songs on that record, so it, it kind of makes sense when you hear this version, but... The, the part that I think is so fascinating is that they chose to then strip all of that away and stick to the rhythm that they're doing. But it's almost like it feels almost like an inside joke where I, I, I made another little clip where it's the it's the outro. And um, when you hear it again, now that you've heard it, two, three, two, two, get on. You know, now that you've heard that a bit, and when you go back to the actual recording, um, I, ma I made another little clip to play because it's 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 hard. It's pretty hard to hear, and I wanted you to play that. Spin I added these snaps too. <laughs> Sorry, it's so ridiculous. So the drums we're hearing are on the four for and. Yeah. But if you don't know where that pulse is, those two hits sound like a four and one. One, two, three, four, one, two, four. Yeah. But now they're actually one, two, three. Um, I don't know. It's just there. It was the kind of thing where I thought I was going crazy. And yeah. I was really into the song, and, and I actually did a cover of this song with a band I was playing with at the time. And I remember telling our singer, um, I think the pulse is not on the one. And she was just like, no, there's no way. 
And um, yeah, okay, drummer. Yeah, and um, I one I just want you to play one little more part is um, this little outro clip where now that we know that's what's kind of going on, there is a part at 33 seconds into this little clip at the end where the it's the one time in this version of the song they actually hint at where the two and four is. And it literally happens like for three seconds. And I just want you to play it because I think it's so cool. <laughs> sure, sure. So it's like during all of this, you can still kind of hear it. Where's the one, you know? Um, and like coming up, there's gonna be like three, two and four clicks that happen. It's like super subtle, and if you're not counting it right, you're not going to hear it. But it's the only times they ever imply the actual two and four of the song. And um, yeah, I didn't hear it, and I even I know where the song is. It's the kind of thing that it feels like they somewhat that someone had the idea that we are going to make this really hard to be heard the correct way, and it 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 just feels like they know where it is and they're playing with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a few really great things. I think if, if, if this is at all interesting to anybody, as it is to me, um, you can look up The Secret Rhythm in Radiohead's videotape. It's on Vox.com. There's a great video that kind of explains it all. Like This has been talked about. Like I'm not debunking anything. I just... I'm, I, it was the kind of thing where I found, I found that video, and, and when we were talking about stuff, I think I sent it to you. Um, and I found that video like... A few years ago and and it was this exciting moment because i was it was like oh i wasn't crazy like this actually exists and it was fun to see other people talking about this and what i really think is great about it is you can hear the song in two different ways and it works both ways mm-hmm. and i think i would like to think that radiohead knows that and they're kind of letting you choose your own adventure however you want to hear it and um yeah i think it's just really cool and I, I agree with you that they purposely tried to make something that was a little confusing because there is, and I think you've seen this, there's video, and maybe it's even in that YouTube video that you're talking, or sorry, the, the Vox video that you're talking about. There's a, there's a live, there's live footage of where Tom doesn't know where the one, like he can't figure it out. Yeah. Um, and so it makes me think that obviously whatever they're playing on the record doesn't come naturally to him. That's not how he hears it when he, you know, just kind of zones out. So I think they were trying to be artistic in that way rhythmically um, that doesn't feel natural. So yeah, it's a really cool song. And as, as drummers who I guess is most of the people listening, it gives you a lot of ideas on how to have fun with rhythms and stuff. So yeah, my takeaway from the stuff we're talking about in this episode is that the more you can hear things in different ways, I think it just opens up so many avenues as a musician. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was why I want to make these clips with the count in with the kind of more force. Like obviously it's a bit comical whenever there's the one, two, three, but um, aside from it being kind of silly, um, the second you hear someone count something, it kind of joggles your brain or joggles. Uh, it just kind I of like joggles. Yeah. It kind of joggles your brain, which TM. Um, 
but I, I just think it's really great. The more ways you can hear things, it just opens up. I mean, there, there's been multiple songs and bands I've been in where I heard it, I heard the pulse differently. And then you realize, like, you've been playing a song with somebody, maybe it hasn't come out, maybe you're still rehearsing it, but back when I was in the exit, there was a song that never came out, but me and the guitarist heard it on different beats. And mm. it, I remember, like, we realized this months into playing the song and try and then i try to explain how i was hearing it and i and it's a hard thing if you can't hear it you can't hear it but um i eventually could hear it how he was hearing it and i just kind of bulldogged it and i said well that's cool i'm gonna still play it how i'm hearing it but uh, well, and sometimes you don't want to explain it to someone because then it'll mess them up because then yeah. they'll like hear both simultaneously so it's almost a precious thing to not hear it the right way. And I will say um, the reason why it's a cool tactic or for me as a listener to appreciate is it, it, it forces replayability. Um, Cause if you have a song that's like, okay, here, you know, here it is. Some people might not need to hear it again, but when you do stuff like this, it kind of forces people to figure it out and it makes them listen to your music more and then go down your rap rabbit holes of your music. And I think it's a good, like I said, I mean, you should always be trying to have replayability, and that's a, a shoo-in way to do it. So the next one, if you're okay with me moving on, yes, please. is a song called Anybody by Altruista, uh, It's which is kind of a super group. It's kind of a good bridge from what you were saying, which is the, uh, the producer of a lot of the Radiohead records. Uh, it's kind of his band. Nigel Godrich is the producer I'm talking about. So yeah, and Joey Warnaker's, or Warnaker is the drummer. And yeah, this is kind of their, I don't want to say a super group, but it's definitely a lot of great players coming together for one thing. And Joey's also played with Beck and uh, Adams for Peace, which is also um, uh, a Tom York side project. But the song's called Anybody. And I'm going to play the not, I'm going to play the studio version first to see where the listener would find the beat. Cool. Um, and you, you as well, Gunner. And then we'll play the actual count-in version. So Anybody by Altruista. So, I think, I, think uh, I know what's happening. Play the live version before we talk about it. Perfect. question to you is the recorded version has this very loud yeah it when the song starts it sounds like that's on the one but then 
when the beat gets revealed, it sounds like that's actually on the offbeat. Am I correct in hearing that? Um, I don't know in, in relation to what the strings are, but the way I hear it is that in the count off version, he does count off one, two, three, four, but the bass drum you hear is actually on beat three. So he goes one, two, three, four, three, four, one, two, three, four. So he's counting the band off by four counts, but the bass drum that you hear, at least for me, with how the vocals come in, how I hear it, is uh, is with him starting on beat three. So let, let me play it again for play you. The, and... Play the live version one more time, and then I want to hear the recorded version one more time. Yeah, yeah. There's like this synth thing or strings or fake strings going ba da ba da ba da ba da ba high low high low high low, and when yep. you when I heard the song without knowing it, it sounds like high low high low high low high low one, dun, dun, dun. and then I'm realizing it's one two three four one da 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 da, high low high low yeah. high low high low okay. It's almost like a like a skank like a scott can't 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 you know. It's great. I think that's kind of the that's the common factor of a lot of the songs we're talking about, where you can hear something as a one, and it's the and, and then it just kind of throws your whole world <laughs> into uh, disruption. All right, uh, number four. For, oh man, <laughs> Maybe, now I feel like I need to change it up. Mine. <laughs> uh, you could say Thom York. People think it's different. Well, so yeah, the next record we're going to talk about, Nigel Godrich, who we just heard a song by worked on this record. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> now it sounds embarrassing. Just the fact that you played a song by Nigel, like, oh God. <laughs> I know I set you up. I'm sorry, dude. That was not a bro. No, no, it's okay. Uh, the next song is, is a song by, uh, the artist named Tom York. I don't think you've heard of him in the last forever that we've been talking about him. It's a song on Tom's <laughs> stuff. It's a song on Tom's record, the eraser. And the song is called Black Swan. And, you know, throw out all the stuff we've talked about about Radiohead forever on this podcast. But this particular record, I would say almost every song, I've heard it different ways. And um, that's kind of what we're talking about. So why would I not talk about it? Um, So I want you to play just the first thing I want you to play is just kind of a little clip of the song so we can all hear it and then I'm going to have you play a few different versions of how I heard it which was wrong because apparently that's what I do I hear things I'm just a little child and if you tell me that's how it goes I accept it Um, but I want you to just play a little clip of the song
So where I hear it is, it's a, I mean, I'm nervous to say it because it sounds like the obvious one, but it's a boop boop da boop da boop boop da da boop boop da boop da boop da It's that, it is. I think that's where it is. For whatever reason, when this song starts off, there's just a little bit of static in the drum beat. And my ears heard it wrong, like the first time I heard it, and I just kind of kept hearing it that way for a long time. Um, so just play uh, play the next version, which will kind of show where I was hearing it, which is wrong. <laughs> I do want to say before uh, I'll take any credit. I mean, the reason why I got the Primus one right is because I like thought of the obvious way, and I'm like, well, that's not it, because Gunner right. wouldn't have that. So I thought of the other way. This one, I actually heard it probably the wrong way, and then when his vocals come in, there's a certain way that vocals make sense. It's a little bit of a box, and so the way I was hearing it, I was like, well, there's no way he would sing it that way. So that's why I was on afterwards, but I definitely didn't hear it right at the beginning. So let's, I probably heard it this way uh, first, which is, you labeled it Tom York Offbeat. Yeah. One, two, three, this is how I heard it at the beginning, yeah. That way, the phrase, the bass phrase, one, two, one, two, and, 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 one, two, and, 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 the cross-sick is like, one, two, three, four, one, two, and, two, and, two, and, so yeah, that's how I heard it for a long time, and one day, kind of similar to the Primus thing, I just wasn't paying attention and realized, wait, I think there's a simpler way that this song actually is. And um, so play that version. That's the next one. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Yeah, it's like now when you hear it, you're like, oh, duh. Like, one. Like, the bass starts on the one. Um, I personally feel that the vocal is not quite as interesting in this version, but that's probably just because you always like what you hear what you hear first. So I know I wish I could get inside your head and, and hear the vocals how you heard it that you still want to hear it because yeah. that's what's cool about that's what's cool about music, man. Yeah, um, cool James Brown sample. Um, Dude, I, I think that you should put that into something because I actually it's comforting now when I hear it. Well, the funny thing about hearing. So we were just saying, like, there's two ways to hear this beat. Um, in both ways, there's a cross stick that hits on the three, which I think is really interesting the way it works out, which is probably why I was tricked so long in the first version. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four. The cross stick is hitting on one, two, three, four. And it's hitting on a three the four and, and then the next four and, and then in this version is hitting on the three, the one and, and then the next three. So in both, you mm-hmm. do get a cross stick that happens on a three, and there's some mathematical way that that works out. And that's one of my favorite parts about this record, The Eraser, is almost every song, there's some kind of polyrhythm happening on so many different ands and ones that you can really hear 
so many of those songs on on, on different different pulses, different parts of the beat. And I, I want to like just meet Tom and ask, do you just really like polyrhythms? Are you really syncopated, or was there a intention behind that? And um, now that we know the videotape story, who knows, right? So I, yeah. Um, how often story- do you, when you're writing songs, um, if you write like a, an electronic beat that's like, you know, sounds cool, yeah. you go, and I, I ask because this is what I've done a lot. You write a beat that's in your head one day, put it in your Ableton file, whatever. Three months, you come back to it and you just displace it by like a 16th note and then just like push that towards the beginning of the song and then write on that. Mm. Do you ever do that? No. I mean, that's, not, not, not too intentionally. I mean, it's happened by accident. Yeah. Um, and like the very first thing we talked about today was an example of me not hearing something for a few months and forgetting where the one was and just, yeah, it's so funny. Like when you hear stuff in headphones versus just like if something's coming out of your, your phone or your computer, it can really impact things. You know, there was a song we talked about a few weeks ago. It was an LCD sound system and there's like a break. And, oh, sound of silver. Yeah. That and when the song thing. Yep. comes back in, you're, you were saying you always test yourself if you know where it is. And yeah. that's the kind of thing where when I'm listening to it in headphones, I'm in this, it's more claustrophobic and I kind of get lost. But when yeah. we were having that conversation, I was hearing it out of your phone, into the mic, out of my computer speakers. And it wasn't as nebulous. It was like, oh yeah, there's the beat. You know, sometimes, sure. um, you know, and I, so I really liked if I'm working on music to bounce it really quickly on iTunes and just listen to it out of my phone because frankly, that's what people are listening to stuff on these days. Right. So, yeah. Um, and in those moments, sometimes you'll, you, you will hear a beat kind of mixed up and, um, I haven't done what you're saying. I haven't done that too many times on purpose, but it's happened by accident and sometimes it's a happy accident. Yeah. <laughs> the full house lover in me wants to make some life lesson out of that, but, uh, We'll leave it to, you know, we'll leave it to the listeners to yeah. figure that out. All so right, your so next pick is uh, Radiohead Creep? <laughs> it's it's actually uh, We Will Rock You by Queen. <laughs> I just can't was... figure it out for the life of me. <laughs> what if we've all been hearing that wrong for years? This is one, <laughs> two, three, four. Boo, boo, tat. Boo, boo, tat. It's all the ends. Oh, man. Um, all right, so mine... Uh, shut up. Mine is uh, the song Darling by the band Real Estate. And this one isn't necessarily as much of a mind trip as what we're talking about. Just it's a cool, um, again, effect as a drummer to do when you want to have a more in- interesting drum beat on a song where most of what you're playing is pretty, pretty um, uh, Billy Jean intro E. And so I'm going to play it right now and I'll show you what I mean. This song does kind of cheat because he has the hi-hat going the whole time, but I'm curious, if you don't know the song, when when the drums come in, how you hear it. So, so that, that he's, he's, he's pushing the last part of it on the ands? Yes. Or am I hearing it? Including the snare. You're right. Oh, it's, 
one, two, three, four, and Ganta, one, two, Ganta, goon. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So the, yeah. the 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 effect is he's he's pushing the bass drum at the beginning. So you're like, okay, maybe that's the downbeat. And then when the actual snare comes in, when like everything comes in, it establishes the actual you know pulse. You could easily go boom tat boom boom tat boom tat boom tat boom tat. But he displaces everything by Nathan, which is boom tat boom boom tat boom tat boom tat boom tat boom tat. And it's such a cool thing that the first time I heard that was actually a KEXP performance and until the, that actual beat comes in I was totally thrown off and I was like oh he's just accenting the upbeats and yeah that's my number four awesome my next one is by the band Radiohead <laughs> no my next one is, a, is, is, is incidentally a band I've played with but um, it does that thing that we've kind of been talking about where it's not. It's it's less about. I feel like this show has been a bit of a therapy session for me, where I talk about how I hear things and how I feel things. Um, the next song is just a good old fashioned "Gotcha" by um, a friend of ours, Alan Wilkes, aka Big Data, um, and that's how you and I know each other. And thank God because that was a great tour. That was a great time in our lives. I will say personally, maybe not for you. And you know what? Honestly, I don't care if it was. Um, the song is called Automatic by the band Big Data. And it's one of those songs that starts off and everything's going great. And you know where the beat is. And then the drums come in and you realize, you got me. And uh, I realized I was just, I was going a little little in the weeds with most of my picks and I wanted to just go with an old fashioned oh there's the beat yeah automatic by big data alright automatic by yogurt boy <laughs> fade out i added it was it was great and then i totally botched it by just pushing stop yeah <laughs> sorry i know um, you probably spent a long time on that it was cute so much time with this uh yeah it's great the piano sounds like it's on one it's actually on the and four and it's it's actually similar to radio uh videotape in the sense where it's it's the implied pulse so live when we play uh the singer uh with big data is lizzie ryan great vocalist and I remember when we started learning this song, she heard the song, I'm sure you just heard it, where you hear the beat in the yeah. wrong place. And yeah. it, it, it took us a few times to kind of figure out where the beat was. And she eventually said, you know what? I know where the beat is supposed to be. 
I hear it wrong and then I just flipped it. So she like hears it. So apparently according to her, she hears it wrong until she comes in. And then when the drums comes in, it flips for her. And um, I'm in a place where I literally get a a James Brown one, two, three, four count in. And I can hear where the beat is the whole time on the and of four. But I always thought it was interesting that she just, her plan, how to sing this was she's going to sing it on the one. And then the drums come in and she hears like it drops a beat. That's what I'm saying uh, when you were talking about your guitarist. It's like sometimes you just like, if it's working for you, hear it that way. And then we'll be in sync. Yeah. I'm bringing this up not to throw shade on Lizzie. I'm just no, laughing. I mean, she's an amazing artist. I was, artist. Pre, can, I was yeah. pre-delay laughing because we both know Lizzie and we love her and We can she's imagine a great how sport. that happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like she's a that... great sport and it's easy to make fun of her because she loves to laugh. So I Exactly, exactly. I was, as I was about to tell you that story, I was imagining her laughing at it and it just was throwing me off. Yeah, she doesn't have a care and, in the uh, world when it comes to that stuff. So I don't think she was like frustrated. She was like, I... I can't get it. And that's funny to me. Yeah. And Hey, that's where we are with a lot of these songs. Like literally every song it, it does the thing where you're lost. I, I really like that feeling to be honest is when I don't really know what's happening. Cause I, I think, I think the better you get as a musician, you start to have all these preconceived notions. And I think you and I have talked about this, the older I get and I know more quote unquote, when I have to learn a song verbatim for a band it takes me longer now because I have so many things in my mind that I'm constantly like, I hear a beat and I, Oh, this must be like this. And you start to have all these assumptions and it's really hard to just like turn all that off and just let it hit you. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I'm going with a lot of my picks with this, where I just heard it in a place where I just accepted it. And when I realized, Oh, maybe I'm hearing it wrong. That was kind of an exciting moment because now you get to hear it both ways. And um, I think the older we get, the more polished we get. We have less of those aha moments. And that's what's really fun about all these songs. So, My last one is uh, by a very frustrating man because he's good at everything he does. And it's Jack White. So the, the, mm. the, the band is uh, The Dead Weather, which... I think I've talked about this on, on the on the podcast before, but my favorite band is The Kills, which is um, Allison Mossart and Jamie Hintz. They're a duo, and uh, Allison is a singer of The Kills. But she uh, were she I think The Kills are on tour with The Rock on Tears, which is another Jack White band. And her and Jack White became friends, so they created this like super group with her, Jack White, uh, Dean from Queens of Stone Age, and then I'm so sorry, but I'm forgetting the name of the bass player. But it's the bass player from The Rock on Tears. They created this super group called the Dead Weather, and this song is called "Hang You Up from the Heaven" or "Hang You from the Heavens," and it's actually Jack White on drums in this band. He does oh, some cool. vocals, but he's the drummer in this band. Yep. And so this song is a, is a similar kind of vibe of "Darling," which is the real estate song I played, where he pushes the bass drum, but in this time or in this song, he actually doesn't push the snare as well. He keeps the backbeat where it is, which I'm counting counting the backbeat on three. And the hi-hats are actually on the upbeats. So I'm going to not tell you where the bass drum comes in, but I just want to hear how you hear it. Um, And then we'll go from there.
Okay, so the the reason I think I knew where that beat was immediately, I want you to look up a song real quick. Oh, I, I heard a little bit of it. I think I know which one you're going to do. It's Weezer. Uh, yeah, American Gigolo by Weezer has almost the same beat, but it's 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 not played the same way, but the way the beat Pat plays on the song we're about to listen to is just, it's one of my favorite beats. Yeah. And sounds so great, but it's just, it... It kind of tipped me onto where the beat was. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so let me play for the listeners one more time if they're not as cool as you. Um, (laughs) And uh, I'll count it off and then we can then we can do something else. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Anyways, yeah, so it makes me mad because Jack White is obviously good at drums as well. So, fuck him. Come on, man. Let's do the Tears for Fears intro again, but I'll, like, talk about how much I love it. Well, we should do like there's that O.J. Simpson movie where they they recorded each scene as if he was guilty and then if, if he was innocent and then they like spliced in. Whoa. So the movie you're like, well, sometimes I believe him. We should re-record it and then have <laughs> you just super. Hey, stoked. man, have you checked out this new challenge? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like maybe we should all try it. I think we did good. All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> See you, dude. See ya. Cheers. Cheers.